What it do, what it do, what it do. Hey, this is Crossover FedEx Podcast coming at you. Hey, and this episode is on one of my favorite subjects. It's rest, rest. The name of this actual episode is called The Key is Rest and Recovery. The Key is Rest and Recovery. And today we're gonna talk about that. Uh, But before we get started, I wanna have a, or go through a couple housekeeping rules I still need your participation. I need you here working alongside me, team crossover. And if you would, please, wherever you're listening to this particular podcast, can you go ahead and hit that subscribe button? Go ahead and do that for me. And also, if you like what you're hearing, please share it on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Let other people um, be exposed to, to this particular podcast. It will be much appreciated and also if you could go down and rate the particular episodes that you've listened to and i would love to see but be able to see that be interactive with you want to be able to hear what you're liking and if there's an actual subject that you would like for me to speak on please go ahead and put those in those notes and send those to me so hey Let's go ahead and dive into this and get into this particular topic today. The key is rest and recovery. Now, in this fast-paced world that we live in, in America and in the world, everything is done at such a fast pace. Many of us, and you know you you have to be true to yourself, we don't take the proper rest and recovery that we need. We don't apply it to our lives. We don't have it in our on our schedules, we don't have it in our planners, but it is so key to our actual progress, for our actual health, for our uh, moving, for us moving forward, getting better, and that's what I'm hoping to be able to show you today. So let's just look at the basic definition of rest. There are four different definitions that I wanna talk to you about, and we'll jump right into that. Number one is, Cease from work or movement in order to relax, refresh oneself, or recover strength. That definition right there is one of the definitions that we would use when you're actually exercising and you're working out. And you're going to see how this crosses over from exercise to our natural life, to our spiritual life, to our business and working. It actually says ceasing from work or movement in order to relax, refresh oneself, or recover. Now today I'm asking you if you would please give me the privilege to talk about the greatest book that I, uh, that I, that I believe is the greatest book ever, and that is the Bible. I'm gonna be using some scripture. I'm not trying to bring you over to my particular faith, but I am trying to show you what, uh, use this, the, the book of the Bible as an example of, of some of these things that I'm going to be trying to relay to you today. Just give me the opportunity to be able to share those things with you. And in that, if we look in the book of Genesis, when God created the heavens and the earth, even before, um, in, in the beginning, he literally rested. He did his work, and on the seventh day, he rested. And it's recorded in Genesis. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself the question, why would God have to rest? I mean, just personally ask yourself that particular question. God is a spirit. He never gets tired. He never sweats. He, He never makes a mistake. He is perfect in all that he does. 
But being a spirit, he literally stopped and rest on the seventh day. I want you to answer or ask yourself that question. It's very important. I think he did it for an example for us, an example to show us that we needed that particular time each week as an example for us to stop, reflect, recover, and be able to look back over what we've done and be able to plan for where we're going. The second definition, just simple definitions out of um, just the dictionary, being placed or supported as to stay in a specific position. Like the example is her elbow was resting on the arm of the sofa, resting, resting. I don't know if many of you Christians have ever used the actual example in Exodus 14, 13, where God tells the children of Israel to rest. He tells them, do not be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. That word stand still is the same type of word that is being used in this definition of resting. Just standing still. So when God tells you to stand still, he's literally also telling you to rest. The third definition is an instance or period of relaxing or ceasing to engage in strenuous or stressful activity. That goes back to probably physical activity or physical working out. Now, when you go out and you work out your muscles and you go out and say you go out and you put out 100 percent today and you exercise, you do some hit training. You may go out and do some CrossFit. You may also do uh, just some regular running, push ups, uh, push ups, sit ups, bench press, whatever you do. But you give it everything you got. What's going to happen to you a couple of days after that? You're going to become sore. Now, that soreness is a result of you literally giving it everything you got, and it causes these little microscopic tears inside of your muscles. And this little microscopic tears, they seem, they seem bad, but they're the process that you have to go through in order to get better, to get bigger, faster, and stronger. But in order for that process to actually happen, you need two things. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. Crossover, baby. Spiritual, first natural, then spiritual. But you need two things in order for that recovery to happen. The two things that you need, first you need rest and then you need food. So rest is what you need. I'm going to be talking about this in another example. One of the greatest examples I think is shown in the Bible, in the Old Testament, is in 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19 with the prophet Elijah. And we're going to get into that in just a second, but it's a great example that speaks about being able to rest and recover. And then the last definition is an interval, interval of silence of a specific duration, an interval of silence of a specific or specified, I'm sorry, specified duration. So if you're playing music or you're in the music industry, there's a pause in there. We just learned this from uh, our great Bishop, Bishop Vaughn McLaughlin. He did a, a actual uh, lesson on Selah, the word Selah. So when you see the word Selah in the Bible, you're seeing a pause. So that's a pause and giving you time to actually reflect and look at what I'm saying. So pause for a second and pay attention. Look at what's going on. Recognize, evaluate 
what you did so that you could do it better. So let's jump into this actual uh, this actual study and we'll go and look at and I'm going to paraphrase and give you the backdrop of first Kings 18 and 19. Many of you are familiar with the story. It's the story of Elijah when he calls down the fire from heaven. He literally challenges uh, the prophets of Baal and it was hundreds of them. And he challenges them. He's one person and it's hundreds of them. And he challenges them to let God, the God that answered by fire, let him be the God. So it's him against like the dream team. If it was today, the Olympics going on, it would be like the greatest basketball team ever that was assembled against, against Elijah. And so it goes on and they doing what they're doing. Their God is not answering. Just to make a long story short, Elijah then calls down fire from heaven. Most people don't look at the actual physical work that Elijah did during that time. He had to dress two bulls. And when I say dress, he literally skinned them, chopped them up, put them on a, a, an altar. He had to dig a trench. He literally had to do all of this physically. It was physical exercise from the morning to the afternoon. Late in the afternoon, they were going through this particular challenge. And so after this particular challenge, God answers at the call of Elijah and shows up and shows out and proves to everybody that Elijah was the prophet that he had anointed and what Elijah, what Elijah was saying was true. Afterwards, you would think now Elijah had just performed the greatest miracle that probably had been recorded in the Bible to that particular time. A man calling down fire at his word. God actually being so in tune and Elijah being so in tune with God, God uses him in a mighty way. And not soon after that, the second person in charge under the king at that particular time, it was female that calls, uh, that calls him out and, and threatens him, threatens him and say, hey, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to do the same thing that you did to them prophets. I'm going to do it to you. And guess what Elijah does? You would think, man, he's just performed the greatest miracle that had ever happened. Elijah runs and hides. He runs away. And literally while he's running away, he gets to a place into a brook. He literally asks God to kill him. Have you ever been to a place where you've given everything you got? You, you've, you've, you've been with the kids. You've, you've cleaned the house. You, you've worked. You, you're going to school at the same time. You're on this committee, you're on that committee, and you're just running and running and running to the point where your body says, I have given everything I've got. And you literally just want to crawl into a closet somewhere. You want to run away and hide. Literally so bad to you say, man, I wish I wasn't even here. And that's where the prophet Elijah was at that particular time. But here's the lesson in it. He goes down by a brook and God gives him two things that he needed. And this is why this subject is so important. It's because if God gives it to you, then you know it's exactly what you need. If God gives it to you, he puts Elijah to sleep and then he wakes him up. And what is the first thing that he gives him? He gives him something to eat. 
Now, you got to know that whatever God feeds you, it's got to be organic. <laughs> this, it's, it's not processed. There's no processed food. There's it's, it's no chemicals in it. It's, it's all natural. It's organic. He gives him something to eat, and he feeds him. Then he tells him to go to sleep, puts him back to sleep, and then tells him that the journey that I got for you is going to be too great. You got to get these two things. You got to get rest and you got to recover by eating. So you have to rest and you have to recover. Now just think about your life. Think about how often we put off eating and recovering it and giving our body the natural things that it needs. Now God had just used Elijah in a supernatural way. I didn't mention the very fact that a couple verses before this, he outruns a chariot. Yes, yes, some horses, chariot. He literally outruns it. The Bible says that a supernatural spirit comes upon him and he outruns a chariot. I don't think Bolt would have anything on Elijah during that particular time with that anointing. He outruns a chariot. But after he did all of these things in the natural, after he had did all of these things in the spirit, he is still a natural man, bound by these natural laws. And there were two things that he needed. And it was rest, and he needed recovery. After he gets this rest and this recovery, he is on, he's then called to do another journey, and it's a 40-day journey, where he goes on to find his predecessor, the person who would come after him and carry the mantle, which was Elisha. And he was also given some other things that God wanted him to do. This also reminds you when Jesus was in the garden and his disciples are sitting there praying, he asks them to just pray for an hour and they couldn't do it. And Jesus makes the statement. He says, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. There's a spiritual side of us that causes our bodies to go above and beyond. But our spirits are carried around in these physical bodies. And we have a stewardship that we're responsible for when it comes to our bodies. There comes a time in every week, in every day, in every quarter, in every year that we need to rest that we need recovery, that we need to be tucked away, that we could get along and be able to look at what we did well, look at how we could get better, look at some of the things that we need to change and then get back into the game. The problem is many of us then get into the recovery and want to stay there. You don't go to the sidelines just to get the break and not get back in the game. I just looked at the NBA Finals, and I think that in that third game, that third game, that Booker, that Booker got in foul trouble with San Antonio, not San Antonio, with the Suns, going against Milwaukee. I think it was the third game, even the third or fourth game. He got in foul trouble, and they kept him on the bench for too long. Didn't bring him back into the game until late. He got cold. He couldn't hit the shots that he needed 
in order to win that key game, and that may have cost them the championship. When you do rest, it's for a period of time, but rest to get back in the game. Rest to get back into a Bible study with your family and your kids so that you're at your peak. Rest to go back to work at another level. Rest to get back on your education. Rest to be able to be better. Not rest to be lazy, but rest to be better. But rest is the key. In order for us to go to that next level, you have to be able to recover. There's no athlete. We're looking at the actual Olympics. And there's no athlete in the Olympics at this particular time that hasn't used this formula of all out, stopping, taking some time to rest, to recover, and then going back bigger, faster, and stronger. I want to send this, just send this shout out to my Christian family and my Christian community. You have to learn how to rest. There are many of us that are out here giving everything we got and even God himself rested and we don't even use the same example that he gave us in the first book of the Bible. It's time to take an evaluation of your life and rest. Hear God speak. Block out the things in your mind. Being able to focus. And if you don't believe like I do, the principles are still the same. You have to rest. Ask any athlete. You're also seeing that there are some athletes in the Olympics. I've already heard of one case already of overtraining and not having rest. I was watching MMA fighting a few weeks ago and saw a young man. I love uh, this little Irish dude. He just, I love him. You probably know who he is. Little Irish man that kind of swings his arms when he gets into the, into the ring. But he lost in the first round. Was doing very well. But I looked at his body when, before the fight even started. McGregor. And I looked at McGregor's body. I saw some recovery spots where he had been doing some treatment. I could see it as, a, as an individual that's in athletics. And I told someone, I said, he looks like he's overtrained for this fight. He makes a kick. Some believe that that particular kick is what maybe fractured his foot. And then off of boxing, getting up off of the ground, and he literally plants on that foot, and it pops. I don't know for certain, but for some of the things that I've seen, and I even saw it at the beginning, he may have been suffering from overtraining. If that was one of his tactics, he may have been using that, kicking, and his leg may, have, may not have been recovered from the training that he went through. That's why recovery is so important. So important. So, you know my saying, I have learned that success in one area of my life 
can be used in every area of my life. We just need to cross over.